You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Let's get started, and we got a great one for you tonight, folks. We are going to be looking at Stargirl. That's right, the CW series that lasted three seasons, and a lot of folks feel like maybe could have gone even further, but... With all the changes going on with new ownership at the CW and such, they decided to start cutting back on original series. And sadly enough, we didn't get a fourth season. So, oh, well, you know, hopefully the character will appear in other media and such and, you know, movies or other TV shows because there's other universes. And and so we'll talk all about it. And we got a great crew here to do it tonight. Let's, of course, say hey to Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. You ready to talk a little Stargirl? I, uh, yeah, always. I mean, it's a show that I was watching and eagerly awaiting uh, when I first heard that it was going to happen. I still, have, now that it's been over for a few months now, I still can't believe we got what we got in the series. Uh, it's been, it's pretty amazing, actually. It is pretty cool. And to think about that, we got a JSA up on screen Mm. and it was, this is the closest we've ever had to a JSA show. Well, exactly. You got some JSA in the black Adam movie, but, and, but it was awesome. They opened the show and we already covered that. We're not going to talk. Well, exactly. No, we're not going to talk about that ever, (laughs) ever ever again. (laughs) But it was because this show was also about a lot about legacy and it was a ton of fun to do and geek out moments for anyone who, you know, followed the Justice Society or, you know, the Silver Mm. Age and Golden Age of the DCU. We also are joined tonight by, of course, Joe Crow. Hello. How are you this week, Joe? I have been stuck on the station for seven whole days. And I've read all of Mike Gordon's comics that he left up here. So I'm up hour. to date. That lasted up one hour. And then what else did you yeah. do? <laughs> yep. Okay. They, they've, they've had a, they had a devilish time getting, getting off the station. So, uh, I tried on all your, I tried on all your hats, Mike. <laughs> so I'll make sure. <laughs> might want to lo- might want to wash this. Yes. <laughs> I, I oh, were the bathrooms out again too? <laughs> <laughs> and we are also joined, of course, also from last week. Kevin is back from the Flopcast. Also from last week. Yeah, this is uh the team Devil reassembled. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. We did exactly. the Devil show just a week ago, but yeah, great to uh, be back. You know, I'm an old school DC fan, so happy to uh, talk to you- Star Girl. When you think of devils, you think me and Kevin, and also when you think of teenage girl superheroes, me and Kevin. Oh, yes. well, all the way. I totally think of that. You know, well, it, uh, it last week mind. summoning the devil, you know, I think you actually have sold your souls, and your penance is, of course, to 
remain on the station. Of course. Got it. Yeah, it's working out great. Right. So next week we'll be talking about no, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great conversation tonight, folks. This is gonna be a good one. And we will spoil the series for you folks. We're gonna be going all the way from the first episode all the way to the final. So if you haven't seen it yet, please go ahead and watch it. You're gonna be in in tech for some really amazing stories. Wait until after you, well, no, maybe, maybe wait until you finish watching us, then go watch. Because yeah. <laughs> you can Don't then, stop watching then you can right go now. and say, what the hell were those guys smoking? You know, exactly. basically. Okay. That totally makes sense. So it's going to be a ton of fun folks. And you know what? It's going to be a great time to talk to everybody and please leave us feedback. And feedback at earthstation1.com. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you guys thought of Stargirl. Did you think it was canceled too early or did you think it was at a good point? And, you know, after Eclipso and then, of course, the Ultra Humanite and Shade and Icicle and the J ISA, it's just some pretty cool stuff they had in the series. So I'm going to be very curious to see what you guys thought so definitely give us a right and you know let us know what you guys thought also let's say hey to our patrons tonight our patrons are our lifeblood here on the station and you know what we've got some great stuff planned for you guys over the next year and you know we got some you know episodes that are going to be exclusive for you guys now that we're doing two episodes a week of earth station when we're going to give you start giving you guys some exclusive material coming your way and we've got a lot of stuff planned for the you know folks over at our patreon and you too can subscribe to our patreon by going to patreon.com slash eso network check it out folks it's definitely worth it also worth it is our friends over at Tifosi Optical. Tifosi Optical is a sunglass company beyond belief. They are an amazing company, and you know what? They have sunglasses for all seasons. You can actually design your own glasses. That's right. Pick your own colors of frames, lenses. It's pretty all cool. And even if you have a prescription, you could give do a prescription so you can actually wear pretty cool stuff and actually be able to see if you have like astigmatism like I do. So definitely check it out. And you know what, folks, all you have to do is go to fuzzyoptics.com. And as a way of saying thank you, if you put in the coupon code EarthStation1, you get 10% off your whole order, not just one piece, your whole order. Check it out, folks, to Fuzzy Optical. Starman, are you there? Father, but we're gonna make a good life. Hey, sorry, that's just real delicate. What are you? It's the cosmic staff. It's extremely temperamental. The staff's not supposed to work for anyone except Starman. This has to be the reason the staff lit up. The staff chose me. And I choose you. I never thought there'd be another Star Man. Star Girl. Star Girl. New series coming spring 2020 on the CW. Okay, Mr. Mike, are you ready to go to the Midwest and go visit the folks with the Justice Society of America? Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, uh, I'm surprised we we've never covered Star Girl season by season. So we're gonna try to. 
talk about the series as a whole. So there's a lot to cover here, but of course I have to, I have to start with the start of the character and the start of the character. Courtney Whitmore uh, was created in uh, 1999 uh, by Jeff Johns and Lee Motor. Um, part of uh, the JSA run, I believe then uh, JSA all-stars uh, stars and stripe was her first appearance in the comic where she was not star girl. She was a Star Spangled Kid. Uh, she right. only became Star Girl afterwards, uh, about four years later, uh, 2003, when uh, she actually took on that mantle and got the staff. But, but prior to that, she was sort of a, a legacy character. Uh, Jeff Johns, in his run with JSA, had really, and James Robinson before him, had really established legacy as being an important part of that title. And so she was one of the, um, I don't know if she was the first, but she was one of the many uh, legacy characters introduced um, and one that really took off. She was one of the first ones, I think, that had her own sh- uh, series, comic series. So uh, there was a lot of uh, buzz around her. Uh, she's a character that has meant a lot to Jeff Johns uh, yeah. because it's based on her, his uh, younger sister, Courtney, who'd, who was only 18 when she died in 1996 uh, off of the TWA flight 800 uh explosion so so he created this character in honor of her um and he when the show was announced uh the series was announced for the cw this is in 2018 now um jeff johns was right there he wrote the pilot uh he was a co-showrunner he wrote many of the episodes of the series i think you know he is he has uh been a consultant throughout all of the cw stuff and a lot of other uh, DC properties with that are movies and whatnot. But I think this is the most personal. This is the one where I feel like he has the most hands on because the character is so important to him. Now, when the series was announced, Kevin, did you have familiarity with cancer? Were we excited? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been on board for all these CW shows mm-hmm. and uh, I've watched all of them, uh, several of them, I kind of dropped off of the, the the ones that just seem to just keep going on and on and on forever. But uh, I, I certainly gave all of them a chance, and yeah, I was certainly looking forward to uh, Star Girl. I I read the Stars and Stripe comics that introduced Courtney, and I was certainly a big Starman reader, the mm-hmm. the '90s Starman series, and I go back to all the old JSA comics of the past. So I, I was familiar with uh, most of these characters and uh, yeah, I was uh, very much looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. How about you, Joe? Oh, same. I um, was a big, <clears throat> I've always thought because uh, my, my entry point into the DC universe was the JLA JSA team ups. Well, those mm-hmm. So now those I got to have at least 30 superheroes in each comic. <laughs> <laughs> and because of that, that that's where I first saw Starman, um, uh, the, the original or the, uh, the JSA version and just fell in love with the JSA and read everything I could get with them in it. So let me just say that it's super fun to be very excited for a show and then to have all of your favorite characters murdered in the first five minutes. I know. It was, like, ah. <laughs> now, it was the it best of times. Out, it was the worst of times. It all turned out okay, more or less, not for the JSA, <laughs> but for the show. 
but uh the show i was i was super excited and when the show debuted it was on an app on on your phone there was no <laughs> other way to get it except for the dc universe app um same uh, with teen titans and doom patrol uh those shows and um then it migrated to the cw where hopefully one or two more people were able to see it mm-hmm. but fun i was i was so i was so excited to uh to go now star girl herself had appeared on smallville and right. on legends of tomorrow and in one episode mm-hmm. of the justice league unlimited car- cartoon so she'd been out there probably like you said mike a lot to do with jeff johns but cool because she's fun and um but when the show started your an original question yes i was all in all in all in yeah because it was not only jeff johns was a co-showrunner but it was another berlanti show um and as kevin pointed out the consistency of uh the quality of those shows mm. you know you can argue you know your mileage may vary but there's pretty solid uh stuff yeah. um so um but uh mike what about you were you uh initially pretty excited about this series dude of course i was it's like you know it's almost like as much as i love eating or sleeping i was excited about this show it was it was like i had been a fan of the jsa from when i was a little kid from the it started with the crossovers with the justice league and then you know getting starting become a fan of you know the golden age and then into Mm -hmm. the reboots they did starting in all-star comics then to adventure comics and then through all-star squadron and stuff and then, you know, when they announced that, you know, they had a new entry into the Starman universe, you know, with Courtney and Pat, because Pat was, of course, stripesy to the Star Spangled Kid um, <laughs> from the Seven Soldiers of Victory. And, you know, the miniseries was okay. It wasn't my favorite, but I enjoyed the character. And I followed her, you know, in, when she joined the JSA and basically all the way through i probably followed the character all the way until the new 52 and then you know when they made her into like a hollywood you know britney spears type character christine oh no they did oh god yeah yeah oh dear they they dialed that all back yes they did did. but and so but you know i'm so when they announced that they were going to do it, because, you know, we did see her, you know, in Legends of Tomorrow and we did see her in Smallville already as part of members of the JSA. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see. And so then they announced the series and I was like, oh, this could be interesting. And then they did the cameo with the JSA and Stargirl in the Crisis on Infinite Earths when they showed all the different Earths. And I geeked out when they said, oh, on Earth 2, you know, mm. you know, and it was just, and they showed the characters and it was just like, <gasps> and then they killed the JSA off in the first episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And I was on board right from there. And I, I literally loved the series from the beginning and it didn't wane and everything all the way through the last episode. And I'm actually really sad there's not going to be more. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it does seem like it was cut a little too short because it looks like they were building uh, a number of things uh, to keep going. 
Oh yeah. Um, but uh, and I don't think they got much heads up. I know that they, you know, had to film a couple of scenes uh, for the last episode, refilm them in order to sort of make the finale more make more sense and less open ended. Um, but uh, for the most part, they they didn't know going in when they were filming initially the third season that it was going to be their last. So. But like you it's said, Mike, you know, CW's gone through and the Warner Brothers and everything has gone through a lot of weird stuff. And this is just one of those things. Oh, exactly. The series, it, it, it's sort of this weird middle ground between the CW shows and the DC streaming shows in that it's 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 uh, it's family friendly. It's it's appropriate to show on regular TV on the CW um, however, the, it, it only got three seasons, but there were short seasons. These are like right. 13 episode seasons, I think, which is like Flash and Green Arrow. Those shows, they'd be like full 20 standard. Something, yeah, 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 yeah 20 exactly. something. So it, it's three short seasons. So you actually got a lot less than you would have gotten out of three seasons of uh, some of those other shows. And, and at the same time, and also not being connected, aside from the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover Stargirl was separate from the other CW stuff. And it's interesting, mm -hmm. too, because they included the John Wesley ship, um, Flash, in the series. Oh, sure. At the very yeah, end. Which yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. 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 And so, because he appeared a couple times in the third season, and it was interesting to see because it's like, okay, does that tie in now to Flash and, you know, the whole thing? with it so it and it's just it's interesting i choose to believe that it does yes it's one of those things that if you think about hard enough it's gonna just hurt so don't <laughs> like don't know because this the continuity with the cw arrowverse um and especially when they were it seeming like with the crisis thing they were gonna uh with the crossover they were gonna tie things up and make things like one earth and then it they the shows they were didn't. more separate than ever, mm. um, but this show is definitely separate from the Arrowverse. Uh, I don't think, uh, outside of a couple of things during the, the entire three seasons, I don't think there's any connection really with any of the other. Oh, yeah, Arrowverse. I don't think there is. No, yeah, and it's a no. multiverse, which is fine. And and sure. having, especially having Flash be the character to cross over is appropriate because the the Flash. Right. The flash flashes are able to hop around the multiverse a, a little more efficiently than yeah, yeah. than others, so it's fine. So uh, now I think also one thing that's cool about the show is, uh, as I'm watching it, is that it's uh, filmed largely in Georgia, um, and huh. so the small the small town uh, that they're in is, uh, I think, uh, Dallas, Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it's uh, that downtown area that you see over and over again. Nice. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, it felt like, you know, as a, as a person who lives in Georgia and has done some stuff in the, in the film community as well, it's like kind of cool to be, to, to see that show and, 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 uh, and go, Hey, this is a cool thing that we're producing. That's produced here. That's pretty huh. nice. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it looks like it's such a like blue valley, that's right. Idyllic sorry. little town like that, that <laughs> yeah. downtown shot. I, I didn't, that's a real town. Cause I, I thought oh, yeah. that was real a town. set. It's a real town. The, yeah. The theater, the it's, diner. it's dressed up of course, but it's a real, sure. yeah, it's a real, yeah. Um, I've never been down there, so I can't tell you exactly what's changed, what's not. Uh, but, uh, I would well, imagine a lot of yeah, super be... villains do live there. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I don't go there that often. Uh, I mean, you, know. you don't want to get frozen. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, well, no, exactly. All you have to do is look southwest from Marietta, and you see explosions happening. You just stay away from that area. You can just yeah. know better. The, uh, of course, the big thing when it was announced that this was going to be a series is that you know I think the first casting announcement was Breck Bessinger as uh, Courtney Whitmore, aka Star Girl. Um, I was not familiar with Breck before this. Mm-mm. Um, but I'll tell you what, right from the first episode, I was, I was sold. I thought she, uh, actually enhanced the character more than uh, I had read her in the comics as well. But I think her, what she brings to the, 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 the character made me appreciate her even as a character even more. Um, I don't know. How did you guys feel about Brick? Oh, right from the start. I thought she was perfect for the character. There was, it was believable. Yeah, certainly yeah, looks yeah, the part. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, looks the part, certainly. You know, she's got got the right look and and carries the character well and, and brings – she's not like a light, goofy, bouncy teenage girl. You know, she she brings the a weight to the role that, that you need there, you know. So I, I thought she was – Yeah, there's uh, – um, the, this show requires a lot of the pretty young actors – Mm-hmm. That are on this show. There, there's a lot of emotional stuff that they have to do on, and and um, it's not like a lot of um, other shows um, based in this time, uh, but with, based on characters of this age. Many of those actors are thirty, uh, and <laughs> these guys at least appear to be a lot younger. And uh, I don't, I don't have their their real life ages memorized. But um, that's a failing of mine, and I apologize. Joe, I think, I how could you? The best, Joe. Dude, I think that's a good thing that you don't know their exact ages. I'd be a little worried about that, Joe, <laughs> yes. if you did. But um, there is a lot of deep emotional stuff that the kids on this show have had to do. And um, mm-hmm. and Breck, Bas- Breck Bassinger is um, top-notch. Yeah. No, I, can't, uh, I can't disagree with that. It's funny, too, because the enthusiasm she has well all the kids on this show mm-hmm. the enthusiasm they bring and everything and most of them probably are in their early 20s and yeah you know, and it's going to be neat to see to follow them throughout their careers because we're getting them at the very beginning yeah, most of them yeah. and and that that'll be fun to see well you know to see them hopefully um do more stuff hopefully at, if it was up to me, they'd be doing more Stargirl, but. You know. <laughs> um, I will point out that uh, Breck was born in 1999, in May of 1999. Uh, so she's currently 23. Um, so she was a uh, last, she was a, a teenager for about the first season of this. Right. Um, and Still but to your, to your point, Joe, I think um she has to do a lot that the show is basically on her shoulders. There's a, there's an ensemble to be sure, but she's right there and she's playing a character that most of the other DC shows try to edge up their, their comic book characters, um, make them slightly edgy, give them sort of, you know, sort of, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, darkness to them. Mm -hmm. But I think it was important for her uh, character to be, you know, the one that believes in everything good. I mean, certainly she's challenged, her beliefs are challenged, but she always, uh, sort of believes in doing the right thing. And that's kind of hard to portray 
in a convincing way, especially these days, I think. Yeah, you 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 want you expect all teenagers, teenage characters to act like they like like they're portrayed in in everything else today. But <laughs> everything Girl, else on the CW. Yes, oh, yeah. indeed. <laughs> Very much so. But, but optimistic, um, positive. Yes. You know, this idealistic. Is, yes. Oh yeah, and she portrayed all of it. It was glo- it was like almost like pouring from her from the very beginning. Yeah. And you know. Um now since you know Breck was an unknown, uh we get two sort of veterans joining the cast right away, uh with Amy Smart as uh her stepmom. Um no, uh, she's her stepmom. Mo- no, it's oh, that's you're right. You're right. Her mom, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Her stepdad, right, is Pat Dugan, uh played by Luke Wilson. Um you guys, did any of you have any sort of thoughts about the Wilson brothers and what they like, what Luke would bring to this or not? Were you worried about it? Was, were you not? I was interested, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I mean, I've seen Luke Wilson, you know, this is not his thing. This is not something he's ever done before. So to step out of his bubble of his um, magnificent what is the name of that movie that he was in with Gwyneth Paltrow and um oh, uh, something about Mary? No. No, no. Um anyway, all anyway. those kind of movies. <laughs> uh, I cannot even think of the name of it now, but I remember Stargirl and and he played Stripesy who is just one of the silliest of of the <laughs> golden age heroes, which I love about all of Stargirl and all of the JSA. Um, in this case, the teenage boy is the hero, and some old dude is is the sidekick. Well, exactly. It was his valet who yeah. was, you know, was yeah. his was his sidekick. But Luke Wilson just um, he's just a TV dad in this who happens to have <laughs> yeah. a suit of armor. It's oh. tremendous, and I and I love that in the very first episode where you know the Justice Society is getting their butts whipped by the Injustice Society. And, you know, Starman is dying and, you know, Luke basically, you know, a stripesy was like, oh, should I get you to help? No, I'm dying. You need to, you know, take the staff, but don't use it for yourself, you know. And it, it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Even it the then. That, I know. <laughs> Even yeah. then he was like being demeaned and everything. And it was just like, mm-hmm. oh, poor guy, you know. Because you would think he would carry on the mantle as Starman or something. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 I, uh, yeah, I, I, I do apologize because I do get, I, I do get, or I did, uh, get him confused with his brother Owen a lot, who was in Wedding Crashers and yep. a lot yeah. of the kind of silly comedies that I didn't really have a lot of, uh, respect for. Let's put it that way. Royal um, Tin and Bones. Yes. Royal yeah, Bombs, two years after Breck Bassinger was born. It's that's the kind of movie that Luke Wilson uh has done up until this point. Yeah. Well he does work with Wes Anderson a lot. Yeah. Uh, oh, does. of course. And I, I I think uh not that Luke there's does anything well. wrong with that. Nope. No, not at all. Not at all. But um <laughs> but yeah, uh so this is the first time I'd really seen Luke in something like this. And yeah, you're right. He plays like a great TV dad. Mm-hmm. Which it does also feel like a throwback yeah. to uh, 50s, 60s family TV. Well, exactly. 80s. 
and like I said earlier, this movie, this series is a lot about legacy, but it's also a lot about family. And you don't have to be a mom, dad, sister, brother. You can have stepbrothers. You can have a stepfather. You can have, yeah. you know, friends who are like family. And that's this is what the show is all about. And that's mm-hmm. what made it amazing. Yeah, I think uh, Trey Romano played Mike. Uh, oh my gosh, Pat's son. He's probably like was the weak link for me. Uh, first season, I was not really a fan. I think they did better with him as the season progressed, but um, he was like the weak link of the show. But it became apparent that to me, anyway, about halfway through the first season that this was not going to be a merely a star girl show. This was going to be a new JSA show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and was that exciting for all of you as well? Kevin? I, yeah. I could not believe how mm-hmm. much they gave us that was so rooted in DC history as far <laughs> oh, as my goodness. Teams, yeah, yeah. Going into uh, starting with the death of the JSA. Okay. Well, that's how we're going to get started. But yeah, then to start building a new JSA was exciting. But then when they got into Seven Soldiers of Victory, oh I, my gosh! Oh, when they brought not, the Shining Knight in, that was so Shining, yes. yeah, the I mean, heck, cause, man! Because I did not see that coming. I did not think no. that they were going to try to explain the backstory of two different older superhero teams of the <laughs> yeah. past. That Starman was connected to both of them. That, yeah, that that's a lot to lay on a CW viewer who doesn't have a pile of long boxes the way we, we do. Yeah, That's a, exactly. <laughs> they, they went really deep on, they went on this kind hard, of And I stuff. loved it. The interesting just, thing. In, in casual conversation, in casual dialogue on the show, they just mentioned the Crimson Avenger. Yeah. What? Oh, right. <laughs> Crazy. Crimson Avenger. Yeah, Seven Soldiers of Victory, which was sort of like the other – like that, there was all American comics, right? Had the JSA, DC had Seven Soldiers of Victory, which never mm-hmm. was popular, and just a, such an oddball grouping of Shining Knight and Crimson Avenger and Green Arrow and, and uh, Vigilante, and um, that's where Star Spangled Kid and Stripesy were. Yep. And what's interesting about what they did in bridging Seven Soldiers and JSA is they made Star Spangled Kid into star man and they seem to have for for as much dc history as they've brought into this they also removed the knight family yes. from the yeah, story sort of, well they didn't they, mention, they, they mentioned knight. there's him. no jack knight did they they didn't mention jack but they mentioned ted because of that That's he true. created the uh staff okay okay and everything so, so i forgot about that so yeah they did it, it mention was, it was him. just a a throwaway comment, but yeah, because yeah, mm. I, I think um, um, Stripesy at one point goes, well, that's a story for another time. I'm like, yeah. well, stop what you're doing and tell me that story. <laughs> he, 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 took, he took that from the doctor. It's okay. Oh, we'll yeah, talk like, about that later. You, you have to wait till season four. Oh, sorry. Son uh, of a. Because uh, it was you know, that original Star Spangled Kid then became Skyman at one point, but never became Starman. No. But here, the... Um, because he's the one who formed Infinity Inc. Yeah, they and that's, that's another thing. Is they, <laughs> which they, they, we they, get go, too. they go into Infinity Inc. in the show as well, essentially. Yeah, what the yeah. heck was that? In, oh my god! Bringing in you know Jade and Obsidian. Yeah, 
and Mine, Frame Wave Junior, um, and like a lot of these characters, a lot of that that second generation after the JSA. When when was, season three happened, and they mentioned Alan Scott, and then his old timey ring appears right. on the screen. I I think I I just just all a Twitter, just a Kimbo. Could not even handle myself at, at that point. Oh, when they introduced Jade and the, you know, when she was coming for the lantern, it was mm. just like, I was just like, oh, this is awesome. You yeah. know, yeah. this is just, it was and so they're, they're, cool. They're juggling so many characters at this point that, like, we only got a little bit of Jade and we only got a little bit of Obsidian, right? right. Shining Knight. Mm-hmm. Like, they're touching on so many things. Right. That, well, uh, that, that was, so much room. you know, they were supposed to do a spinoff of Infinity mm-hmm. Inc. And that went down. Yeah, you could kind of tell they were leading into that. Yeah, because they introduced Mr. Bones and they also introduced Uh, a few other of the characters, which in that Infinity Inc. episode that they did in season three, they introduced some other of the characters that would have been part of Infinity Inc. at at the school or whatever. That it was, I called it the torture house, but that's okay, you know. But pretty much, yeah. Yeah, but it was interesting too because you got. In the first season, you got you had Wildcat, you got our a new Hour Man, and it was just awesome to see you know them working. And you did get a Brainwave Junior for a little bit. Wow, yep. yeah, and mm-hmm. it was just awesome to see that you were getting this. And they kept on hinting at Johnny Thunder or Jakeem Thunder with the the pen. Oh yeah, the first time Mike mentioned his friend Jakeem at school and I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Like just me and Kevin and Mike Gordon and like maybe four other people were like, oh yeah, that, that exactly. was another, we like, such a Oh, I know where they're going with this, you know. <laughs> in in season three, after touching on Seven Soldiers and, and Infinity Inc. and I, I loved when when Jakeem and Mike tried to form their own little team in season right. three, they called themselves the young, the young all stars. I love that. That's another pretty obscure another DC one. team. That was like the yes. post the post crisis version of All Star Squadron. Essentially, yep. was young all stars. So, mm. uh, so we've talked about all these like legacy and and comic characters references that this show is like dropping on us on a regular basis. That's helping us. That's making us geek out. I will say. For me personally, um, in the first season, uh, I enjoyed it a lot. But I'll tell you what, that last episode, when they sort of hint at the introduction of both Shade and Eclipso, oh. I could not wait until season two. Like I was I was like, you know, as good as season one's been, these two things, uh, these two characters are ones that I cannot wait <laughs> to see. And I I will say Season two is my favorite season because they did not drop the ball on either. I thought Shade was so good. Shade and Eclipso stepped. was one of the best villains in any uh, DC thing that's that's happened to me. Like the whole season was like a horror movie. Um, the way they did it, it was yeah, so good. Shade stepped right out of James Robinson's Starman comics. Yes. Oh, extremely yes. so. And Which... Eclipso looked exactly Ooh. like he did in the comments <laughs> of course i mean it, i mean they 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 didn't they didn't well they, they didn't change anything oh my gosh he's got pointed ears oh my gosh he's got a purple tunic you know the whole thing oh exactly. oh my god his last name is gordon yes <laughs> but no, no you're absolutely no right relation though, Mike. That, i'm sure 
the, oh, the, uh, uh -huh, sure. Yeah, exactly. That tease, a lot. That this, explains a lot about you, Michael. The season one ending double tease of Eclipso and Shade, I was delighted by as well. And even more so Shade, especially because Shade oh, was so, but so you, tied to the but Star you Man also story. got Starman popping up. Sure. At the oh, end yes, of the, yes, we sure. got the, the return, the promised return of the Joel McHale. Yeah. <laughs> right. Starman. And it's interesting, too, because the only thing I had ever seen Joel McHale on ever before that was either Talk Soup or Community. Sure. And it's like, and oh, he's going to be a superhero? Yeah, this was another um, um, cast against type yes. uh, type of deal. Just like Luke Wilson, um, this is not um, – dramatic superhero stuff is not Joel McHale's thing. No. But but he was good. Yep. He was really good. Especially especially in the last season when you know something's off with him, but you can't put your finger on it. And then when it's revealed that uh, he's not who he says he is, uh, then Joel really has to like amp it up, really put in an effort and amp up his performance. And I thought he nailed it every single time. Oh, yeah. I can't disagree with that. No, that yeah. it was. I mean, because he was... he's playing the ultra humanite being Starman. Right. Uh, and it's just like, what? He's playing a villain who is also impersonating him at the <laughs> yes. same time. Performing, performing a character, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which, uh, I mean, was just layered. Uh, I did like that little twist, how they made the Ultra Humanite, because if you read the comics, you knew he became the white gorilla yeah. And, yeah. and everything. And to throw that, that that was Dragon King and that Ultra Humanite actually was in Starman. It was like, what? what? You know? I don't know. <laughs> switching around happening right at the very end. It was, what? wait, who's who now? What are we doing? Exactly. Yeah, whiplash. <laughs> you almost needed the, uh, you know, the scorecard for it. But I needed I the thought, who's who. I, th I thought the first season, it was great to have the Injustice Society as the bad guys. Mm -hmm. And everything, sure. and then to for to amp it up the second season, having both Shade and Eclipso, and mm. I loved how they made Shade gray. He was not good. He was not bad, and right. that was right out of like Joe said, it was right out of the Robinson run of Starman. Yeah, and I just like the way they a... tied their their powers together because I don't think I'd ever seen that in the comics before. No, no never... I don't think so. Eclipsos right. and Shades, but they both operated in sort of this darkness that it kind of made sense that they were linked in some way. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. And I am shocked not everybody in that town knew that Courtney was, you know, was Stargirl. Yeah. You know. Well, it, it, yeah, that's the that's superheroes. Is that, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. That, that girl with the little blue mask and the giant mop of hair that's exactly like Courtney's. Who is that? We have no idea. Who could that gonna... possibly be? <laughs> and how come how come that poor high school gets torn apart almost every season? You know? Well, you know, it's like uh it's like a Sunnydale, right? Um uh that's what high if you have a superhero show take place in a high school, that high school's gonna get wrecked. Mm -hmm. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, it didn't seem to be, though. I mean, it dealt with a lot of teen issues, I think, but it wasn't like like a Buffy series. It wasn't like a series that dealt with high school stuff in a superhero environment. It seemed like much more focused on like superhero stuff as well as relationships, especially with family, whether it's yeah. found family or blood family. Like, it seemed like that was the the crux of the show in all three seasons. It, it, in fact, when they did go sort of the 
CW teen style route, I think that's where it was sort of a misstep. I think for me, at least I never bought into the Courtney and uh, what's his Cameron? name? Icicle Jr. Relationship. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, just could, never, I, I could not stand that kid though. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> With that weird, inhumanly deep, deep voice and just brooding so much. Oh, the, brooding, oh so much brooding. Way too oh, much yeah. brooding in season but three. But now, his Especially mean the, grandmother, hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, evil. I thought they were going to give Ludafish the whole time. You know, here, husband. <laughs> and, oh, she was just evil. And then when she killed the art teacher, it was like, oh. Come on. Yeah. It's just the worst. Hasn't he been through enough with Eclipso? Come on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> he was back for, like, one scene. And then, <clears throat> nice. I know. It, what it other... What other characters, you know, because, you know, we don't have time to go over each one individually, but yeah. we'll start with you, Joe. What what other character really made an impact for you as far as uh, whether they are an original character or whether they are an adaptation of something in the comics that was brought to life? What character really won you over in the series? Uh, Mike, the son. Okay. Okay. And in the comics, he's not really, he's a kind of a non-entity in the comics. He's... Just kind of the little turd little brother, you know, who, <laughs> right. the little jerk. And he's that in this show, too. But there's a lot of other stuff going on. And he's really funny. And um, the crazy thing is he's kind of doing a Luke Wilson impression, <laughs> which to, to my mind, I'm like, D does Luke, who you work with, know you're doing this? Because <laughs> he kind of has the... the um, yeah, Dad, I think that's what I'll be doing today. He kind of has that the voice, and that may be how he actually sounds, but I don't think it, I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, dug it, and and his stuff with I, I like I like Jakeem, but they took all of the um, angst of Jakeem from the comics, and he's just a, a good kid. He's uh, mm -hmm. a, a, and really kind of a relief. Because poor Jakeem went through it in the comics, and um, on the show he's cool. He, he's he just happens to have the pen, you know. Yeah. And, oh, he, um, but he gets beat up by his sister quite a bit. He too. does get beat up, <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, but the, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 those two kind of on the outskirts of the whole thing were were always a positive for me. Um, the and and the villains, all the villains, the gambler as with the Colonel Sanders accent was just top notch. That was <laughs> gambler was right off the comics page. That that yeah. was just oh, yeah. perfect. Oh, I loved uh, what was it? Hun the Huntsman and oh, actually no, it was the Sportsmaster. Sportsmaster. And, and oh Huntress. my gosh, yes, yes. <laughs> as just the weird neighbors. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> frenemies, frenemies, frenemies. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree, Joe. That I, I think the the Jakeen Thunder stuff was so fun, and just even the trying to get the wish just right, and having to figure out how do we phrase this so that the genie's going to do what we uh, what we really want. And I loved it, when they delivered the Chinese food from China. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it made for such crazy visuals and silly things to happen, and everything's going to go wrong. And yeah, the Jakeen, and then the the Jakeen Mike. Uh, Young All Stars team was uh, was always really fun. Seth Green was was a uh, very funny, always doing the voice yeah. of a. Uh, well, it was well, it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was uh, Gaffigan at first. Yeah, it was Gaffigan at oh, first. I thought, was, I like, thought it was Seth the first Green. 
No, it was then Seth. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Because they they hired Gaffigan, but he just didn't have enough time to continue on the series, so oh, they brought okay. in Seth Green to do it. See, it's been so long, I forgot about Gaffigan. Wow. Yep. Yeah, he was like the yeah it was when when uh, Jakeem was first introduced. Not okay. well when the pen was first introduced. Yeah. Man, that was a that was a prop that we kept waiting to see. Active like <laughs> she grabbed the pen or whatever, and it would sat in her room for like I don't know four or five <laughs> episodes, and you're like, what you what the pen? <laughs> exactly. You're like, yeah. ah, there's the pen. <laughs> yeah, and that, that that's a character that's through most of its history is sort of was a comic relief type of character, yeah. you know, going all the way back to the golden age. And so it was, mm-hmm. it was appropriate that that was really one of the most fun characters on the show. I uh, I will say, like I said before, I think Mike was uh, the you know the the for me the weak link of the first season, but I did like his development, and so much so that in the third season, one of the things I really enjoyed was him and Jakeem kind of having this sort of like. It was almost like John Hughes, 16 Candles kind of like adventures, like weird science adventures. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it had I, it really got that vibe from them. Sure. Um, and I would have liked to having seen... a crush on the older. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Um, Poor and Cindy. I could really, Poor I could Cindy. really relate too because <laughs> man, Cindy Berman, who okay. <laughs> she's a little older, so I feel okay saying that. <laughs> Actress is a little uh, Meg uh-huh. Meg DeLacy uh-huh. is a little older, so I could feel better about saying that. It's still kind of, kind of creepy, but she, but I, I definitely <laughs> understand where they were coming from. Uh, but uh, I, the, but yeah, the 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 character of Cindy Berman, and really all of, I would say more so than, in my opinion, any of the other Arrowverse shows, they they went deep on all the villains. Mm-hmm. Um, and the villains were a little more memorable than pretty much any other villain, uh, in my opinion, on the other, because it seemed like always a struggle on the Flash to get a villain. And yeah. in this first season of Stargirl, there were like 10. Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how many. But, but they kept but, on eating their own a lot of times. Like, yeah. the Icicle ended up killing the wizard and a couple others. Right. And it was it was interesting too because and the, the bri- yeah and the brief appearances of CGI Solomon Grundy yeah top notch right. Solomon yep. Grundy yep. was awesome yes. I think the CG work in this on Solomon Grundy on the first season with Solomon Grundy and with Stripe yep. were top notch I mean mm-hmm. I every time they came on I was I was amazed at what I was seeing I thought they looked great. Um, Maybe not so much the uh, you know quote unquote ultra humanite in the gorilla like in the gorilla <laughs> from third season I thought looked a little weak Cheapy. as far as the CG goes but um, but to your point Joe I think with the other shows Arrow and all the other ones in the Arrowverse they would have a big bad each season and they would yep. fight different other characters throughout the the season but it was like really about the big bad and this one. It was a it was a solid story that they were telling throughout the all thirteen episodes, and you were getting different villains. They were all teaming up, and so you were learning about them as the as the show gone on. And it was a different yeah. style of storytelling for them, mm-hmm. which I think really really enriched the whole show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was um, and it was interesting too because like with Cindy, you actually got to see her character evolve through this whole mm-hmm. series. Right. With all of them. Yeah. All of them are different, I think, in the third season than in the first season. Except for, I mean, Courtney's got a lot more that she's been through, but she's still basically core the same person. Yeah. I think she's a stronger character by the time you get to the end of the third season. Yeah. 
her optimism and her idealism is almost reinforced. Yes, exactly. And I think that's what, you know, they even played on that because that's how Starman was able to get the staff from her. Right. Because, you know, she she was like going, oh, maybe I'm not good enough for this and everything. And then, of course, you know, by the end, when she realized it was the ultra humanite, it was like, oh, I am good enough for this. This is mine. Mm And everything. And that was pretty darn awesome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so her character was awesome. I also like Beth a lot. Yes. You saw a ton of growth with yeah. her character as Dr. Midnight. It was awesome yes. to see. And, oh God, I was starting to get tired of the parent situation with that. <laughs> but Parents were a little yeah. goofy. Yeah. They're a little little too goofy, perhaps. But, yeah, she yes, was they were, that, that stuff was super dramatic in the first season. Mm-hmm. Like every parent relationship was in the first season of Star Girl. Oh, Yolanda's parents and everything. Yeah, yeah. But Yolanda, I, I like I like the goggles that the Doctor Midnight goggles being the super high tech that the Google goggles essentially, right? Yeah, the, yeah. Just, <laughs> as opposed to you know original Doctor Midnight, it's he can see in the dark. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, or he he can see. He can right? see yeah. in the light, and the, even though he's blind, he can see in the light. He can see in the dark because of the the magic goggles. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it makes a lot more sense f- to have an effective character just be all interneted up and speaking with the original Doctor Midnight, and uh, tremendous. That was very effectively done. You know, give we we get the the Iron Man's eye view of you know things, information popping up in front of her up through the goggles, that kind of thing. And, and such a fun character, such a cool character, a strong character who grew over the course of the series. Oh, yeah. So yeah Beth, Beth could, was a favorite. Yeah, it was interesting because when Beth first started in the, when they had her introduced, I couldn't see her as a superhero. I thought she was just going to be the comic relief or the, the brains behind everything. Yeah, or, or a guy in the chair. Her. Like she stays exactly. behind and exactly. calls into exactly. them with information. But by, you know, I loved in the third season – Oh, activating combat mode. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> oh my gosh. It was like, so it was, it was just awesome. And, you know, she, you know, gave that poor man a heart attack, you know, almost, <laughs> but was able to save him also at the same time. So, <laughs> so yeah, it was, she was a great character. And I loved how they went through the addiction storyline with our man and everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They touched, they touched on all that, which was, awesome because it gave rick you know a proper storyline because he was a jerk at first and yeah. you know he pretty much was a jerk the whole time but you know but and but you know brooding it, as well was, uh, rick a lot of brooding. Were, they could have had a brood off a brood competition i think <laughs> a lot of brooding. oh yeah and it, it, well, that's what more i was thoughtful than you are that's what I loved about, you know, when he was going up against Cameron, because, you know, who could brood more, Cameron or Rick? You know, it's like, who's the moody artist more, you know, and everything. And it was it was great to see, though. And I loved how, you know, they got the pointers and they start they had to learn to become the heroes. And, you know, how Yolanda had the guilt about killing Brainwave. And, you know, and, yeah. that was such a great storyline and everything. And then the whole thing with her parents and, you know, her parents never forgiving her for what she did and embarrassing her family. And, but it was, you know, of course it was Cindy's fault, you know, because, you know, Cindy was the evil one. So (laughs) it was just a ton of fun. And the characterizations were great, you know, and I loved, you know, Amy Smart's 
character as the mom. She just wasn't to sit at home, scream at, you know, oh, what's going on? We're having the wool pulled over her eyes. Oh, I never knew my daughter was a superhero. No, they yeah, she was fully just, aware of all that. Un, un, unlike the typical superhero mom or the typical TV show mom, like, oh, like on Buffy, I guess is the first one that comes to mind. She was like, okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out my new husband has this crazy superhero backstory that we're all caught up in now. All right. Yeah. We're just like, okay. Yeah. Has this living stick living down in the basement. And yeah. It, you know. <laughs> So it it was it's awesome, and there's so many great characters that they introduced, and I just I love the series. It just is like every episode. I was like, okay, what are they going to introduce next, or who are they going to or reference? There, there was like like what like what you were saying, Mike Faber, well, and Gordon, but and also Kevin. I don't want to leave you out, but (laughs) we're all mics around here. Exactly. A lot of mics. We're going to have to do another gathering of mics at uh, DragonCon this year. But um, they, there's so many years of comics that they pulled from, microscopic bits of arcana that they made into big storylines in this show. Mm-hmm. If you've never read any of the comics, you still get a crazy detailed show that created a... I mean, it's one thing we know the other the 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 source material, but they didn't rely on the comic knowledge right. to create Blue Valley and all the people in it. I mean, it was um, it, it was a uh, a a nicely a it, but I mean, Blue Valley and all the people in it were kind of, um, yeah, yeah. But it was interesting. The movie theater ha- always had a Nathaniel oh, Dusk. The theater marquee. <laughs> was, what a what a treat even, for DC fans. Oh, oh that was even so awesome. deeper cut. Oh, big time. It was yeah, just so like, deep. They did like I'm trying to remember some of them. I know they did Nathaniel Dusk uh, in the past season. The haunted tank. Yep. Was on haunted that marquee. Uh, Mark, Mark Merlin. There was yep. the magician. Mark Merlin was on that thing. Yeah. Strange and Adventures. Once it just said. Yep. Did they do um, – this might have been in one of the other series that, like, starring Rita Farr, I think, was on yep. one of the marquees. I think that so. That might have been on one oh, of the other from shows. from Doom Patrol. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah. interesting, too, because, you know, just how tied in they went and all the little Easter eggs they posted Ugh. Was, was just so well done and everything. It was just – it was – if you – were any kind of comic fan or not even you were like, Oh, that has something to do with the DCU, you know? Yeah. And everything. I always was trying to look at the pictures of, with the seven soldiers of victory to see if it was, you know, the arrow from, if it was actually, uh-huh. yeah, you know, <laughs> Stephen Amell in it. Yeah. That would have been funny. Maybe at some point they could have, you know, they could have done something. Certainly they had other ideas. I mean, I think even though they did wrap everything up, they do sort of um, imply a lot. Uh, the way that the third season ends, it looks like they've got plans for everybody um, and uh, plans for them as a group to continue. Um, uh, I will say that uh, I am, and Mike and I have talked about this before, and I'm probably of the minority here, but I did not appreciate the uh, last scene 
of the series with uh, Shade and uh, uh, and, and Flash. Flash. I thought uh, I thought you know this is Courtney's show. It should end with Courtney. Like it should end. Yeah. Like she, Star Girl should get a chance to end her own show. Um, and I thought you know bringing bringing in Flash from out of nowhere just because I just thought that was a not a cool stunt uh, to do with Courtney's last last episode and last scene of her last episode but mm-hmm. that's that's me obviously they imply that there's a lot of things they kind of hint at maybe some of the storylines that were to come uh with some of the adventures that they were going to do um is there anything that you kind of regret that they didn't get a chance to do oh big time <laughs> oh big time i think eventually they could have done what they did with shining night and they could have met the rest of the seven soldiers Yes, sure. I think that's the one that comes to mind as well. This bringing back been, all of them, yeah, it or some been great to see the vigilante or see, yeah. and it's not the vigilante from Peacemaker, folks. It's a different <laughs> it's vigilante. Nope. Different. Nope. Yep. And nor the it, vigilante from Arrow. No, exactly. Indeed, exactly. That's very true. <laughs> a lot of mileage on that name. I, in the I, 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 I cannot believe we are in a time where I'm like having to say like, "Hey, Star Girl has been featured in live action three times." Um, yeah. Vigilante yeah. has been has been well, featured in live action like multiple times. Like all these characters that I, I grew up with, I would have loved have been to see brought to life so many times. Exactly what they would have done with the third with the fourth season because I saw read an interview with Jeff Johns and he revealed what they had already planned. And one of the plans for the fourth season was going to be a new Injustice Society, but run by Johnny Sorrow. And oh, I think I think Johnny Sorrow was definitely on the on the table as well, like to bring back or to do something with. And they were also going to do more with the Infinity Inc. characters that they sure. Yeah, there's a bunch more characters from Infinity Inc. that they could have gotten. Did I mean? Yeah, that that was in 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 the Infinity Inc. episode when they showed briefly the members of Helix. I'm like, is Roy Thomas isn't dead, but he's spinning in his grave. I think <laughs> when that happened. But I know I, I I loved that. I mean, just the deep, deep pulls for every Easter egg. Oh, this God is the is. kind of show that I feel like we would do because everything would be an Easter egg about something else. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the cool thing because like when they've shown you know like even in the first episode when they showed the jsa headquarters there still was dr fate's helmet you saw oh. you saw all these different you know hero stuff and it's like oh are they going to do that you know are they going to bring in hawkman or hawk girl or you know that's would... another thing they mentioned all those guys including yeah, dr yeah. fate and the specter yeah which yeah. would have been tremendous Exactly. You know, have the specter, you know, hey, bring back some of the dead characters. Boof, you know. Yeah. Exactly. And it's it's comic books. Nobody stays dead. Come on. No. No. Yeah. And I, I did want to find Sylvester's brain, you know, you know, so. <laughs> well, they they left it open that it was still out there, right? Well, so... they actually they actually said they rescued him in that final scene. You know, oh, right, right. With right. Shade. So So it's it's interesting to see and I I love the series and I wanted to see it continue. And I know Stargirl is supposed to be appearing in Titans this season. Oh wow. Okay. Huh. Yeah. But like I don't Breck I, is or no, Breck is, but I, I Breck is, but she's not 
the Courtney that we know. It's the Stargirl of the Titans. Oh, okay. she's going to be so depressed. Oh, of course yeah. she is. <laughs> she won't be, be, right? be a full of light. <laughs> or know. angry. Yeah. Exactly. But not, not, nothing else. Those are your she'll options. Be, on she'll Titans. be full of rage. Uh, yep. And she'll curse a lot. Oh, of course. Yes. Duh. And, and she'll probably have uh, sex with Hawk. <laughs> he, he, I hope not because he's dead. He is dead. Yeah. I was gonna say. Well, you know, that's, I don't think that's in a stop to anybody yeah. before. That's no, really, come on. Really, that's, that's not, Hawk is that's busy not, being not, John Reacher now. Come on. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, I have not seen this season of Titans yet. Um, so that's on my agenda, but I have not done that yet. But as far as Stargirl goes, um, we will conclude with this. Uh, just some last words about like the legacy of the show. Um, whether or not you think, um, you know, it's going to hold up enough to, to warrant people watching and come to it, come coming to it, uh, on its own, or if it's just probably going to uh, be, uh, under overlooked and underrated. Kevin, we'll start with you. Yeah, that's, that's hard to say. Like, is this something that people are going to continue to discover? It's, there's just the three short seasons. And I guess to some extent, it might depend on, are they going to leave it on HBO for the foreseeable future for people we to, know to check out there? Who knows? We don't know anything that's going to so, be on yeah, HBO. So that's, yeah. that's a question is how available is it going to be going forward for people to discover? And there's just so much. That, so I can certainly see it being lost in the shuffle Indeed. in the long term. Yeah. You know, as, as you can say for many, there have been so many of these DC shows and, and not all of them are going to be continually revisited this one because i've been listening to the way we've been gushing for the past hour as as old school comics fans there's so much to uh i'm to to recommend and enjoy about star girl just with such deep ties to the comics i mean i i wouldn't even say that i loved this series i liked it a lot and there's a lot to really like about it i don't think it was as good as it could have been but mm -hmm. it certainly held my interest more than any of the other current CW and DC shows, this is the one yeah, that I stuck yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Because concurrently, I've uh, concurrently with catching up on Stargirl, I was also trying to catch up with Doom Patrol, and wow. Doom Patrol is super different and oh, yeah. good in its way. Oh yeah, but the opposite of the J of Stargirl. In, yeah, that's a in a lot thing. of ways, and even even a lot in, more in the world of of uh, CW. There's a there was another DC high school girl superhero show this past year in Naomi. Right. Yeah. Naomi. Yeah. And I I made it through that. And it yep. was <laughs> way Stargirl's way more enjoyable than Naomi. And um You made it through the rain like Barry Manilow? Yes. Nice. But awesome. they there's so much of the of the Arrowverse and my 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 hope is that we're not done. Like at some point, there's more connect, interconnected DC superhero TV shows in live mm. action, and I think we'll we'll get there eventually. But I, I don't want my my hope is uh, that that the Warner Brothers Discovery, all the other stuff with the CW stuff, doesn't overshadow the accomplishment of the Arrowverse, which was five, six, seven interconnected continuities. And I would say hundreds of episodes of DC superheroes in live action, unprecedented. Yeah. And even oh, Marvel yeah. couldn't, even Marvel couldn't make this work. Oh no. 
Right, and, right. Yeah, for, for as much as I feel like some of those CW shows have gone on too long, and eventually a lot of them, it felt like a chore for yeah. me to keep. Oh, I got, oh, there's six more episodes of The Flash piled up that I got to get through now. Yeah, exactly. And I would always keep reminding myself, when you were 11 years old, could you conceive of what, <laughs> what of you there have? being five series on at <laughs> the same time. Yep, yep. Mike, what about you? Do you think this is a, a series that, uh, you know, despite everything, you can recommend that people should go and seek out and, and and watch? Oh, very much so. I definitely think it is not, it's for the first time in a long time, it's not a brooding superhero show. Yeah. It's, it's a positive superhero show. It's a show about legacy. It's about family. It's about positiveness. And I love that about the show. It you don't have the negative, and I wanted to see that on more shows. We started getting that a little bit when Flash first started, but mm. it, Flash has just turned into a show angsting. And when is Thawne going to return? You know, that's pretty much it. And I thought pretty much this was great for that, and this was a show that a whole family could watch. I couldn't rec say, you know, Arrow or some any of the like Doom Patrol or Titans I would want to watch with a kid. Oh, certainly mm. not Titans. No, 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 <laughs> not Doom Patrol. No, no definitely Doom not Doom Patrol. Patrol. No. no. So, uh, well, even Arrow, I, w I wouldn't have kids watch. Arrow is pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. so no, I definitely think this was going in the right direction. And I like how the creators who helped create the characters were involved with this. Yeah. And that, yep. and oh, that, sure. that and was Jeff a true Johns and, and, and James Robinson. Yep. Also, exactly. Or James Dale Robinson, as he's billed on TV. Exactly. I assume there, was another, I, there must be another guy named James Robinson, like in the Writers Guild. Yeah. So he, exactly. had to, yeah. he had to add the Dale. Oh, yeah, and, and that guy's like, man, I wish I created a teenage superhero. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. I, uh, so, no, I, Mike, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think, um, you know, the fact that it's a short, the three short seasons, it's in its favor. I think the fact that they did get to at least close out the series mm -hmm. is in its favor. It's it definitely like it's something that people can watch. And then one, two, three, done. The story's done. Sure. We would hope for more. Would we ever get more? Probably not. We don't know what James Gunn and Peter Safran have in store for the DCU going forward, but we're pretty sure that, you know, it's not going to include this uh, show <laughs> and a lot of other CW shows. A lot of, uh, I think, I think Berlanti just signed another deal though with, C uh, with Warner Brothers. So who knows what, who uh, knows exactly what, what he could bring to the table. Um, he needs at least, I think, 11 series going on at the same time in order to sort of just, just be alive, keep alive. Yeah, right? just to I mean, even like be he, able to sleep at night. Talk about massive ADD, folks. Come on. Yeah. Um, but I do think that one of the things I, I think this show is as a legacy, not only does it bring a lot of cool stuff that we've talked about, DC legacy, DC Easter eggs, DC characters to life, but also I think it's a really nice tribute that that Jeff can look at, Jeff Johns can look at regarding his uh, sister and say, like, this is something cool that came out of that. This was a nice tribute to her yeah, for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I hope we see them in the in sometime in the future. Um, it would be nice to see something uh, in this universe again. But yeah. I, I, I don't I don't 
have high hopes for it, but I don't think that should mean that people shouldn't check this out. Exactly. I think two of the series that were short-lived, and maybe it's to their benefit, that were produced here uh, in the Arrowverse was Stargirl and Black Lightning. And I think both of those are definitely worth checking out um, if people can get a chance to do so. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Well, thanks so much for celebrating the series with us, guys. Um, We will be right back, and we're going to close out the show. Hi, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. We are still in the box office doldrums as we're here in the middle of January and there's not a lot coming out. But there are some smaller movies that might be worth your time if you're willing to get out to the theater. The first of these is Alice Darling starring Anna Kendrick and it's a psychological thriller about a woman trying to get free of her emotionally abusive boyfriend and this is interesting to me because I think of Anna Kendrick as more of a comedic actress so it will be kind of interesting to see her in a dramatic serious role. There's also um, another mystery thriller called Missing about a girl whose mother disappears and so she tries to unravel what really happened. Finally a family drama called The Sun, starring Hugh Jackman about his ex-wife bringing their teenage son back into his life and how he kind of struggles to be a better father than maybe he has in the past. So again, definitely some heavier stuff at the movies this week, but a little bit lighter over on the smaller screen, Star Wars, the animated series The Bad Batch continues. I'm just having a lot of fun with it. I love the Bad Batch's characters, particularly Wrecker is is my fave, and it's fun to see those characters back again and looking forward to getting uh, caught up with them again and finding out what happens next in the Star Wars universe. That's it for this week. If you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check out my blog um, over on the ESO Podcast website. Hey, hey, we're Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. Almost 12 years old. Davy Jones was it for me. <laughs> I was having problems dancing and tambourining. I got overzealous <laughs> and overly excited. Like we've had our own little version of Monkey Mania 50 years later, which is just crazy. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and monkeyingaround.com. Hey everybody, Michelle here with an iconic rock talk show moment. Peter Gabriel's new album, I Slash O, will come out later this year. The last week of December, uh, he released his first new music in 21 years with the single Panopticom. Uh, Releases from this album will be guided by the phases of the moon. Uh, The new single features Brian Eno and expands on Gabriel's idea to initiate the creation of an infinitely expandable, accessible data globe. Uh, He will be touring for this album. There is a UK and Europe tour slated for May and June of this year. No word about the U.S. yet. Uh, Meanwhile, his old band, Genesis, is putting out a box set covering 30 years of the band's performances that were broadcast by the BBC. It'll have 53 tracks and will be out on March 3rd. 
Meanwhile, everybody's doing it, so it looks like U2 is getting in on the Las Vegas residency thing. Uh, Bono says the show will be unlike anything they've ever done before. Uh, once they sign off on it, it will reportedly take place at a venue uh, at the Venetian on the Strip. Uh, that's a purpose-built concert venue uh, called the MSG Sphere. Um, it seats 17,500, 20,000 standing. Um, it is the world's biggest spherical building with the world's largest big screen. It is a 15,000 square meter wraparound display. It has 164,000 speakers, including in the floor, and has scent and wind capabilities. Got to admit, it's kind of intriguing. Um, and Shakira has released a new track with uh, producer Bazarap. It's called Bazarap Sessions 53. Of course, she is embroiled in a very ugly divorce with her ex-soccer player Gerard Piquet. Um, there is a lyric in there that he traded a Rolex for Casio. He's kind of got the upper hand in this now because Casio is sponsoring his new fantasy um, soccer tournament. Uh, so the battle continues. We'll see see what uh, the next round brings us. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show Moment, and we will catch you next time. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank Joe and Kevin for stopping by. Joe, thank you as always, my friend. Thank you. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Um, uh, just uh, come check us out at the American Sci-Fi Classics track at Dragon Con in live action in just a few months. And um, on YouTube, we've got hours and hours of video panels like these, like, like the thing you've just watched. And... Um, well, Earth Station One um, gave us the idea to do that in the first place. So we're stealing all our good ideas from you guys. If you do the geek seat, we sue. That's all we have to <laughs> oh, say. Okay. All right. Well, not yet. We haven't done that yet. Okay. We'll call it we'll call it the nerd couch. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, you. And um, and if you happen to be uh, on YouTube or in Gadsden, Alabama and you like pro wrestling, I'm an announcer. And so worth check it out, there, folks. Worth it. There. Thank you. But find Spartan Pro Wrestling on YouTube, and that's where I'll be. That is awesome. And Kevin, as always, thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure, guys. Yeah, um, and you know where to find me, and that's right here on the ESO Network. My show is the Flopcast. Happens every week. Cornflake and I bring you a very silly, nerdy podcast. And also for ESO Patreon, uh, since we've been talking a lot of DC Comics today, uh, I'm also part of Earth Station DCU Classics, which is sort of monthly, not quite, but uh, but mm -hmm. we, we do uh, <laughs> we dip into the history of DC for uh, our ESO patrons as well. 
Exactly. And if you're in the Boston area, you know, they have their own superhero. You, they, other Central City has the Flash. We have a Kevin in Boston, so you <laughs> might see him running by. Mm-hmm. We have we have three Kevins in yeah, Boston. Exactly. A lot of Kevins in, in Massachusetts. <laughs> yes, too many. Too, too many. many. Yeah, too many. Only but, one of you will will survive. Exactly. Oh, yeah. There could yeah. only be one. Well. This will yeah, there will, I, 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 I foresee a quickening. Oi. Oi, oi, oi. Okay, and Mr. Mike, we've made it through another one, my friend. We have, and it's always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Uh, yeah, this past weekend, I also had, uh, it was my extreme pleasure to uh, sit down and chat with some local guys that uh, I don't see near enough of, especially with uh, everything with the pandemic, and we're getting back to doing conventions, and it's great to see these guys at conventions, but who knows, you know, when the next uh, convention will be and all that kind of stuff. So it was nice to just kind of sit down and talk to uh, some local writers here. Uh, of course, everybody with associated with our station one knows Bobby Nash, the award-winning Bobby Nash. And so he was one of them, mm-hmm. uh, writer James Palmer and Sean Taylor were the other two gentlemen. And I strongly recommend seeking out their work. I'll have the links to their web individual websites on our show notes. Cause they're all doing some really fun stuff. Uh, just recently, I think 2022 was a good year for all of them with releasing books and such. Uh, and 220, 2023 looks like a, a great year for them too. I've heard about some of the stuff that's coming up from them and you'll definitely want to keep an eye on, on these gentlemen. So uh, yeah, Sean Taylor, James Palmer, Bobby Nash, check them out this year. Awesome. Awesome. Um, couple different things i am very you know excited to announce that you know mike was just mentioning cons that earth station one is going to be at con coming up we are going to be going down to florida in the end of february we are going to be at pensacon and we have been approved for three panels folks that's right we have been approved for a doctor who panel We'll be talking about the 60th anniversary and how if people need to get involved with Doctor Who or what you know what's going on with the series right now. But we also are going to be doing a Sandman panel and then also an intro to podcasting panel. So we'll be there Saturday and Sunday of the show. So I'm very excited to announce it. So you know schedules as they come closer and everything. We will you know give you dates and times and locations as it comes up, but. We're very excited to be coming to a new con right by you. So, and Pensacon is going to be big this year, folks. They have quite a few guests that are pretty impressive, including quite a few doctors for the 60th anniversary. So very cool to check out. And you can check that out at Pensacon.com. Next time on Earth Station One, we are going to be looking at Interview with a Vampire. That's right, folks. The AMC series has ended for the first season, and we're going to be doing a nice review of that one. And we've got a great crew lined up already for it. So please check it out in our next episode. And as always, we love you guys. And thank you guys for listening and viewing up on YouTube. We do appreciate you guys. And, you know, we couldn't do this without you. We want to hear from you. Please write us anytime. Feedback at EarthStation1.com. Remember, you could also find EarthStation1 wherever fine podcasts are found. And now EarthStation1 could be found in video format on YouTube. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, and, of course, Joe Crow and Kevin Eldridge, thank you for listening to the EarthStation1 podcast. We'll be back soon, and we will see you next time here 
peace and love, hug your loved ones. And you know what? Just enjoy yourself. It's January. Things are looking up. It's not that cold. Well, certain parts of the country. So hopefully, you know, it, it, oh, Kevin's cold. He's saying it's cold. Okay. So a lot he's of cold. snow today. A lot of snow today. Up okay. Here. He had to run through the snow folks. That's right. Yes. So, you know, he was, he was like the snow plow for Boston. <laughs> Mr. Plow. Exactly. Look him up <laughs> in the phone book. Yep. Take it easy, folks. We'll see you next time. Peace. And we are done. Boom. You've been listening to the Erstition One Podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.